Good morning. Welcome to Brighton Road Baptist Church. I'm John Fisher. I'll be leading the service this morning. I'm one of the deacons and later on Ian Pinnock will be preaching. So let's pray. Lord God, as we come into your presence this morning, we pray that we will worship you in spirit and in truth. Lord God, as we continue with these online services, we pray that you would teach us, that you would move us, that you would move us on. And as we move into a different phase of this summer, we pray that you would speak to us and direct us and bring us close to you. We thank you that you are with us always and whatever the circumstance or whatever the difficulty, you are with us and you continue to bless us. We worship you, Lord, and we love to be in your presence. Amen. Let's start our worship by singing Cornerstone.
Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom should I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. One thing have I asked of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock, and now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me, and I shall offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. You have said... Seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger. O you who have been my help, cast me not off, forsake me not. O God of my salvation, for my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Teach me your way, O Lord and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me and they breathe out violence. I believe that I will look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. So what does it mean to dwell in the house of the Lord? If that's what we desire, what does that mean? We're here at Brighton Road. Uh, it says behind me Brighton Road Baptist Church. But the reason that it says that is because that is where we meet in normal times. That isn't Brighton Road Baptist Church. That's just the place we meet. We know that in these times, we are not just, um, we're not dealing with a church that's closed. The church, Brighton Road, has been redeployed into the community and we're going to look today really about what it means to be bold with that and courageous. So this service is coming from Brighton Road where you are in the 60 roads and beyond.
there's a lot that's unknown at the moment but what we know is that we have a God who can be known who can be found in the mystery who can be trusted and who has a plan for us
This week for our intercessions, we've been out and about in the 60 roads and in our community, uh, meeting people and praying with them. It's been great to, to be praying in the, in the community where we live. So let's pray together. Lord God, we thank you for our community and we pray your blessing on this area, on this bit of town, where we are and where we meet. I'm Nancy from Kenya and I'm here to take care of my daughter who is bed bound due to a surgical problem she had. But we are trusting God that she would wake up one day and walk. Thank you. Lord God, we pray a blessing on Nancy. We pray a blessing on Janet. We pray healing for Janet this morning. And all of us at Brighton Road pray uh, an amazing blessing and knowledge of God on this awesome family. Lord, we pray for this area. We pray that you would bless the people who live here. We pray that you would bless the, um, the house group that meets here, um, that they would all be blessed. Uh, we pray for the community in this area that um, as people uh, come out of lockdown or as they continue in lockdown, that they would know you and that they would know uh, your community, the people of God in this area. Lord, we pray for all the people at this time who are in uncertain situations. We pray for those who are plan have plans to move um, that are on hold. We pray for those who have possible difficulties with their jobs, whose jobs have um, disappeared or whose jobs have changed completely. And we pray that you would bring comfort and assurance to people. And we pray also that you would build the community with the comings and goings. You would move in key people um, into our town. And we thank you that, uh, that your plans are not on hold at this time. Thank you, Father God, for all the people who live in this street. Thank you for the camaraderie and the friendship that many of us enjoy. Help me to take every opportunity to share your love. Amen. Lord, we pray for our children in our schools. We pray that those who've had their education disrupted would know your comfort and your strength. We pray for the plans uh, that people have and we know that you have good plans for us and we know that our children and young people are in your plan. We pray for those who uh, have been teaching at the schools and have been organising and getting ready for a new term in very different circumstances. We pray your blessing on those people. Uh, we pray that you would give them strength to carry on and the capacity to continue doing a great job in, uh, in education and we pray your blessing over all children of all ages not just the secondary schools like here but uh, the the primary schools and the nursery schools as well thank you for the quality of education we have in this nation so won't you join me now in praying for our own streets um, you may not be able to jump up and get out on your doorstep right now, but maybe you could do this later on. Um, and I'm going to pray for our street um, as an encouragement. 
Lord God, we thank you for this place where we live. We praise you that you bless us so much with good places to live and great communities. Lord, I pray that you would bless the street, that you would bless the people who live here, that you would uh, give us opportunity to get to know those we don't yet know, and that you would give us more opportunity to serve and bless those who we do know. Lord God, we thank you for this amazing town and this amazing community. We pray that your community of saints would prosper in this area, and we pray your blessing on all the people around. Amen.
This reading is from Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 to 33, and follows on that evening from Jesus' miracle of feeding the more than 5,000 people down by Lake Galilee. Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up a mountainside to pray. Later that night he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves, because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it is you, said Peter, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. And we all say Amen to that. Good morning. And today we continue our sermons on the sayings of Jesus. When we focus on the words that Jesus said to Peter on the Sea of Galilee, why do you doubt? And this is found in the book of Matthew, chapter 14, verse 31. Um, but before I talk about the story um, that Peter and Jesus have, I would like to tell you another story. This is a story of two hunters who came across a bear so big that they dropped their rifles and ran for cover. One man climbed a tree while the other hid in a nearby cave. Now, the bear was in no hurry to eat, so he sat down between the tree and the cave to reflect upon his good fortune. Suddenly, and for no apparent reason, the hunter in the cave came rushing out and almost ran into the waiting bear. There he hesitated and then dashed back in again. The same thing happened a second time. When he emerged for a third time, his companion in the tree frantically called out, Smithy, are you crazy? Stay in the cave until the bear leaves. Can't, panted Smithy. There's another bear in there. Now, you may not be scared of bears, but there could be other animals that you are petrified of. For me, it's definitely snakes. I can't even look at them on the television. This week, we're going to look at how Peter was petrified at a crucial time within his encounters with Jesus. But before we look at that situation, 
that Peter found himself in, I want to ask you a series of questions. Are you ever afraid? Are you struggling emotionally at this time? Are you ever discouraged? Do you ever feel as if you are way over your head in certain occasions? These are but a few situations where we might feel like we are sinking. There is help available and we will come to that in due course. So why were the disciples in the boat? In the middle of the Sea of Galilee, in the midst of a storm? Because they were where Jesus told them to be. Doing what Jesus told them to do. They had been in the boat for six hours or more, on a trip that would normally have only taken a couple of hours at most. They were making no headway. They were making no progress towards their destination. But they were doing what God had called them to do. After the 5,000 had been fed, Jesus sent his disciples away, aboard a rented boat, to the other side of the lake. Then he dismissed the crowd and went up onto the mountain to pray. He sent the disciples away because he knew that the people would not leave as long as they were around. The disciples did not want to leave him, but they left out of pure obedience. He was alone then, which was his intention. And here he prayed to his father. He was there for a long time because it was not until the following morning, the fourth watch of the night, that he was then seen by the disciples. When night had fallen and the ship was about three miles out in the Sea of Galilee, they encountered a sudden storm. It was sometime between three o'clock and six o'clock a.m. Then they saw Jesus walking towards them on the water. He had seen their desperate condition. He was concerned for them, like a father is for his children. He came to them walking on the sea. This is a great show of his power and control over nature. The water under his feet and at his command changed completely. This authority is also shown when Jesus calms the storm. He defeats the evil spirits that threaten to sink the boat. Now the disciples were nearly exhausted from rowing all night and when they see him they were afraid because they thought they were seeing a ghost but Jesus reassured them. He said, it is I. He didn't have to identify himself because they knew his voice. Again, we have come across Jesus' authority being recognised through his voice before. We only have to look at Mary's encounter with Jesus on that Sunday morning. And now we see Peter's great affection for Christ because he desired to go to him. When he sees Christ, whom he had no doubt wished would have saved them during the storm, he became impatient with him. He doesn't say to Jesus, let me walk on water, as if he wanted to be part of the miracle. But he asks, let me come to you. 
Here you can see Peter's faith and resolve because he stepped out of the he stepped out of the boat and onto the water when Christ asked him to. He left the safety of the ship, even willing to slip into the depths of the sea, which just a few minutes earlier he had dreaded. He demonstrates a very strong dependence upon the power and word of God. But now we see Peter's doubts. And then Christ helping him. Christ didn't ask Peter to come to him just so he could walk on water. It was because he knew he could sink. Then he would know Christ's power and his own weaknesses. And his faith would be increased. The cause of his fear was the wind and the waves, which he didn't see until he took his eyes off Christ. When he kept his eyes on Christ, it was easy for him to walk on the water. But when he looked away and saw that he was in danger, he was afraid and he began to sink and he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus saved him. He saved him with the saving strength of his right hand. Now notice how he scolded Peter for his lack of faith. Peter had enough faith to step out onto the water, but not enough faith to carry him through the fear. Christ called his faith little. When Christ came into the ship, Peter came with him. And very shortly they found themselves on the shore side. The storm had ceased and the sea was peaceful. So what does this story mean for us? How can we apply this to our lives? I would like to pick up four things. Jesus watches over us and encourages us. Jesus calls us to come to him. We struggle when we lose focus on him. And finally, Jesus saves. So Jesus watches over us. Their struggle didn't go unnoticed. Jesus was watching from the mountainside. Two scriptures remind us of how we are looked after. Genesis 28 verse 5. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go. Psalm 121 verse 5. The Lord watches over you. He is your shade at your right hand. He will give you strength for the pressures you face in the heat of the day. He will give you courage to face the fears and the worries that come at night. And this should serve to teach us that when we have tough times in life, such as when we get those phone calls in the middle of the night, when doctors give us bad news, when we may have family struggles, when we may be struggling financially or emotionally, when we think our world is about to come crumbling down around us, Jesus sees. He knows all about the storms. He knows all about the storms we go through. When the storms break and we think we are going down, Jesus is watching. Jesus calls us to come to him. 
Jesus says the word come many, many times through scripture. Here's just a few examples. In the book of Matthew, he told the disciples, come follow me. John 7, 37, he says, all those who are thirsty are told to come. The book of Luke, all those who are hungry are told to come to the banqueting table. In Mark 6, 31, all those who need rest are invited to come into his presence. And when he met Zacchaeus, and Zacchaeus in a tree, he just simply said, come down from that tree. And Matthew 14, 28 um, and 29, when Peter wondered if he could walk on water, Jesus said, come. At this point, Peter is not being impatient. It is not as if he just jumps out of the boat and starts walking. This would have been presumptuous and foolish. Matthew is very clear that Peter asks for permission first. Peter goes on to say, if it is you, call me to come onto the water. This is an incredible show of faith from Peter. If Jesus says no, then Peter stays in the boat. But Jesus didn't say no. He said, come. Now, most of the disciples were content to trust that it was Jesus speaking to them. But it was, of course, it was Peter who needed to push the boundaries. It was always Peter needing to push the boundaries. If it is you, Lord, have me walk on water to you. What was he thinking? But Jesus said, OK, Peter, you come. Of the twelve disciples, only Peter had the courage to take that step. He knew it was going to be tough. He knew something supernatural was going to have to happen in order for him to be successful. But he saw Jesus doing it, so he knew there was hope. He took that step out of the boat, trusting that Jesus would not let him down. Peter accomplished something greater than any other human. He walked on water. If we step out of our comfort zone and answer the call to come, things will be achieved that we cannot imagine possible. But we are human and we struggle when we lose focus on him. I would like to picture a tightrope walker. Now, I have never actually done this, and let me tell you here and now, I have no intention of doing this. But I remember watching um, a show recently, and it was entitled Peter Crouch Save Our Summer. Now, as some of you may know, Peter Crouch um, was a six foot seven footballer who played the likes of Liverpool, Tottenham and England. Now, he was set a series of tasks by the BBC to try and achieve. Now, these tasks were ones that were seen too dangerous to do when he was a professional footballer. Now, one of them was to learn to tightrope walk. Anyway, if you want to catch that episode, I'm sure it's available on BBC iPlayer. But the point I want to make and draw your attention to is this one. The one standout instruction that he was given by his teacher. Focus on your goal. And don't get distracted by what's around you. Peter actually walks for a few steps on the surface of the sea. 
But then he remembers that he's in the midst of a storm. Verse 30. But when Peter saw the wind and the waves, he became afraid and he began to sink. He shouted, Lord, save me. And he takes his eyes off Jesus and begins to sink. Lord, save me, he screamed. Now, as we know, a large number of people are spending their summer holidays in the UK, with a large proportion heading down to our beaches. You will have all seen the pictures in the press recently over the past months of packed beaches and seas. The RNLI have put together some tips if you find yourself in danger in the water. First of all, take a minute. Pause. The initial shock of being in the water can cause you to gasp and panic. Effects of cold water, well, they'll pass in less than a minute, so don't try to swim straight away. Relax and float. Float on your back if you can, while you try to catch your breath. Try to get hold of something that will keep you afloat. But more importantly, keep calm. Once you are calm, you can think. Once you are calm, you can call for help. Now, Peter seemed to start off following these guidelines set above because, as we know, Peter made his way towards Jesus calmly and he focused on the thing that was going to keep him afloat, which was Jesus. He was doing fine as long as he kept his eyes on Jesus. But he noticed the wind and the waves. He lost his focus. He began to pay more attention to the storm than to, to what he did to Jesus. He saw the boisterous wind and he was afraid. His focus was diverted from Jesus. And as Peter lost focus, he soon found himself in a fearful storm. Peter went from walking on the water to a sheer state of panic in a matter of a single moment. He stepped out of the boat in confidence and faith, but as he focused on the storm, he was filled with fear. The simple truth has been shared many, many times before, yet we need to be reminded. In the midst of trials, it is often easy to lose focus. We start out well, trusting the Lord by faith, walking towards him. But as the storm intensifies, we tend to take our eyes off Jesus and focus on the storm. We must keep our eyes on Jesus. He has the ability to walk above the storm and enable us to do the same. Point four, Jesus saves. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him. As Peter began to sink, he cried out to the Lord to save him and Jesus immediately responded rescuing him from the raging sea. Although his faith was weak, he realised his great need for the Lord and he cried out in salvation. Jesus loved Peter and he wasn't about to let him perish in the midst of the sea. 
It may have appeared that hope was gone, but the Lord caught Peter and delivered him. Jesus reached out and pulled him from the water. Here we see his parental figure reaching out to save their child, the hand of salvation reaching out. And it was grasped by Peter. Verse 31. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught Peter. Jesus said, your faith is small. Why do you doubt? Peter cried out in faith and the Lord responded. But his lack of initial faith brought a loving rebuke from the Lord. There was never any reason for fear or doubts. Peter was never in peril, even though it appeared that way to himself. Jesus wanted Peter to trust him in every situation, regardless of how hopeless it appeared. Peter would need more lessons in faith, but he would eventually possess great faith, enough to die for the Lord. Now, I would never encourage and careless behaviour that endangers lives. But we need to be willing to respond in faith to the Lord. This will require that we abandon human reasoning and what we know in order to respond in faith. When the Lord calls, we must be willing to respond, even if it comes contrary to our own immediate reasoning. Some would argue there's a bit of doubt and reservation in Peter's words. But he was acting in faith. If we are to overcome and receive the help we so desperately need, we must recognise the Lord. We must be willing to admit our frailties and recognise his ability to meet our need. Christ is the great saviour. He came to save. Those that want to be saved must not only come to him, but ask him for salvation. But many people don't come to him until they're in a, in a situation like Peter, when they find themselves sinking. A sense of need will drive us to him. Summarise, here are some points I want you to take away. Jesus didn't just watch and see what they were going through, he acted. He came down and walked them across the surface of those stormy waters. I don't know about you, but I've never felt closer to Jesus than in a time of crisis. He doesn't just notice my problems, he draws near to me and acts. He does not leave us alone in the midst of our struggles. He does not say, well, you got yourself into the situation because your disobedience, get yourself out. He does not leave us when we feel we are about to drown in tough circumstances. He acts, he comes to our rescue. We must realize that the Lord is able to meet our needs regardless of the circumstance. If we seek him by faith, he will respond to our need. Welcome Christ, and the storms in your life will be calmed. The way to know peace is to know that he is 
God. That he is the Lord with us. The Lord will use our moments of weaknesses and failures to teach us valuable lessons in faith. Have we not all been guilty of doubt and fear? Christ's hand is still stretched out to all believers to keep them from sinking. Let me close with this Bible verse. John 10, 28. For they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of his hand. Never fear. He will reach out his hand and take care of you. Amen.
May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and ever, evermore. Amen. <laughs>